If you have found yourself here, it means you have chosen to think for yourself and to come up with your own ideas of what is true. It means that you are brave enough to break the norms of society and live by your own rules in harmony with Mother Nature. It means you have decided to explore the inner workings of your own mind and heart. It means to stand up where others have failed. To carry a wild heart means you hear the call and take action. As we call out, I am a wild one together as a community, we commit ourselves into the world to stay awakened. We help each other on this journey. Being a wild one does not require perfection, for it is in our imperfectness in being human that makes us perfect. As we unlock pieces of ourselves along this wild one journey, we will discover who we truly are. This community was created for that very purpose. It takes time to break away the barriers of bad programming. As a wild one, you will discover ways to unlock your heart and to hear your own inner guide. This is a safe place to explore yourselves. The tools and workbooks, healing sprays, helpful herbs and essential oils, quarterly and monthly box subscriptions have all been created to help you to unlock the wild heart that is within you. All that is required to join our community of wild ones is an open mind, an open heart, and a willingness to discover your true self. Welcome, my dear wild one. Welcome to I'm a Wild One podcast with mystic pop music artist, Michelle Vreeland. Hi, Wild Ones. Michelle Vreeland here. I am so excited to announce um, Kirsty Spragan as our guest for today. Um, since I started this podcast, I've been wanting to have her on and she agreed to be on this podcast. And today um, she's going to be talking about um, different um, things that we could be doing to help um, ourselves during this time of quarantine um, to help us alleviate some of our anxieties and our fears um, towards it. And then um, the thing about what makes Kirsty so special is that aside from being an amazing motivational speaker, she also is a powerful healer and um and shaman. I would even go as far as say she's a shaman because the work that she does is very shamanic. I know from personal experience, she's um, worked with me on one-on-one sessions, and um, I've also worked with her in a group setting where I would perform as she would um, teach um, um, classes of like 50 to 100 um, on how to um basically heal themselves through a somatic um, breathing um, technique and those classes 
were and are so powerful and from the one-on-one to the classes it's just amazing and um, and the type of process called radical healing and she calls it radical healing because um, I can speak from personal experience that you really do feel a radical shift happening where um, I know for me I felt pieces of my soul come back to me that have been gone for a lifetime or at least since um, the trauma that I experienced occurred. And, um, and I just felt almost within just instantly whole um, from the work that I've done with her. But anyway, I wanted to introduce her and I'm very happy that she's here. And um, without further ado, um, here's Kirsty Spragan. Hi, Kirsty. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks, love. I'm so glad that you're here um, on my podcast. I've always, since I started the podcast, I always had this idea of you being on it um, because I just think you're such a fantastic person and you have so much to offer the world. And I'm just so happy and grateful that you're here. So thank you. Thank you. I feel the same about you, my sister. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I have Kirstie on here today. We were going to talk about um, different, but basically like about the state of the world and how to kind of handle ourselves during this um, time of crisis and global change. And I think Kirstie has some really cool ideas. Um, we were talking earlier last week about um, various things and and I just thought it would be really cool if we could get her get her here on the podcast to tell us all these amazing ideas that she has and thoughts that she has about um, how we can manage ourselves during this time of crisis. So. Beautiful. I think, you know, for me, I I guess one of the things I want to share in setting that conversation up is some of the ways that I'm viewing this time, you know, where it could be perceived as a crisis. Um, You know, I really see it and I know you and a lot of other light workers understand that this really is about a, a part of our ascension, a part of our awakening for a lot of people who have been asleep for a very long time yeah. um, and an up-leveling for those who've been doing the work. And I really relate it to that analogy of the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. And yeah. the caterpillar, you know, when they go into the cocoon, most people aren't aware that they literally dissolve into liquid they, you know, if you were to open up the cocoon and the chrysalis in the middle of the process, you would find caterpillar soup. And to, to understand that a, a animal, whatever you want to call it, but a, a physical being on this planet has the capabilities to go into that kind of metamorphosis, I think is a beautiful example of where we're all at right now. We are dissolving in a lot of ways um yeah our psyche our ego there's a lot of kind of turning into liquid reshaping um moving of a lot of stuff and coming out the other side of that it requires birthing the the pushing up against the side as the butterfly comes out is what strengthens them to have the flapping to have the muscles to fly 
And without that, if someone tries to open it and help them out, they actually die. Mm. And so we need this process sometimes of building our muscles and our resiliency and pushing ourselves and going deep within the cave of isolation and quarantine in the cocoon <laughs> of being alone and yeah. sitting in our goo and sitting <laughs> in our fit and all the stuff that's deeply uncomfortable. So that for me is the really at the um, kind of the foundation of the conversation that we're going to have in, in terms of my philosophies and thoughts around this because that then influences what I believe people should be doing through this time and how they need to be viewing it in a way that is healthy and healing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. You know, I think now is the time for us to really um, get real with ourselves and to dive deep into our psyche of who it is that we are and, and what it is that we really want to do with our time here on earth, you know, and, mm -hmm. and this um, pandemic has forced us all to be still. It's like a forced stillness <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And not, and not just stillness, but it's taken away a lot of people's ways of typically distracting themselves yes. from stillness. Yes. You know, the the exercise, the, you know, because even some, I mean, we still have the food, sex, drugs, alcohol to, to some degree, <laughs> but it's taken away a lot of the ones externally outside the home. Work is a massive distractor for people. Staying in unhappy, shitty jobs in a cubicle that they haven't wanted to be in for many years, mm -hmm. and now this is forcing them to relook at a lot of those choices. Yeah, no, I t I totally agree with that. You know, that's kind of what um, what I'm a wild one's all about. It's all about you know rewilding your mind and really reevaluating what it is that you want to do with your time. Um, you know, here, you know, because, you know, having a life and having a body and being an individual is a very um, blessed thing, you know, and to just kind of let it pass you by, by doing mundane things. Is, is that really living a life, you know? And I think that um, this, you know, um, this time that we're having where we're made to have to really think and evaluate what it is that we really, really want is um, in a way it's kind of heaven sent because it's kind of rearranging a whole bunch of things. I mean, a lot of people are handling it um, in different ways. And I think they're also handling it in different ways in different stages. I call it like the five stages of quarantine. <laughs> Where at yeah. first you're like, yeah. you know, Netflixing like crazy. Maybe you're drinking a little too much and then you kind of get tired of that after that. And then you go into fear and then you get out of fear and then you step into acceptance and then <laughs> and then you yeah, step well, into grief. It's very similar then... <laughs> to a grief cycle. Yeah. You know, a grief cycle is yep. fear and anger and denial and yep. acceptance. Yeah. It's very similar. For a lot of people, there's a grieving around not having the things that they had hoped. Maybe they were in the yep. middle of having the best year of their life. Maybe yeah. they were about to close a deal. Maybe they were about to buy a business. And all of a sudden, yeah. everything has been put on hold. Yeah. Some people have had that completely dismantled and dissolved before their eyes. So there's a grieving in the loss of what we thought was going to happen. Yeah. There's a grieving of um, 
giving ourselves, you know, honouring what we hoped for that isn't going to happen, but also surrendering to there being a different plan that we can't see just yet. You know, many years ago, I had a lot of things taken away from me at one time and finances, relationship, my home, everything. And it was, you know, really challenging for my psyche to understand that everything I thought was my identity and who I am was being taken away. Mm. And what it really called for me, you know, and at the time, the first thing that came up was this is not fair. I did everything I was supposed to do. I leapt and grew my wings on the way down. I took risks. I followed my heart. I did all the things. So it wasn't like I was living a life in some unawoke way, in some shitty job. I was taking big risks. I was going after creating my dreams. I was helping the world. And yet I felt punished at that point. Now I look back in the rear vision mirror five years further along and I can see that all of that was divine, that every part of that was stripping away who I thought I was and what I thought I was going to do to create who I am today, that it was preparing and training me for this moment in time. But sometimes we don't feel that in the moment. In the moment, I was allowed to feel ripped off and punished and grief-stricken and I had to allow myself a little bit of time to process that and recalibrate and then go into surrendering and trying to accept. It doesn't mean it happens straight away. You sort of go, God, I know, I know, I know, I'm going <laughs> to surrender. And then you try and then you think you've surrendered and then it's like, well, now we're going to make you surrender some more and that might go on for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's, you know, a process to all of this that we have to honor ourselves and give ourselves space and and know that the most important work is our inner work and our truth lives in the stillness mm -hmm. so you can't hear what you want unless you get still you know if you're wanting to hear i'm in an unhappy relationship or if your soul's saying to you you know i'm I'm not happy in life, I don't like this job, or I have a desire to do something more in the world, but I don't know what. All of those things can't be heard unless we get still. And we stay busy and distracted, so we sometimes don't have to hear our truth. Yeah. But this time is forcing, as you just said, in a lot of ways, there is no escaping. You are being forced to sit still, to do our deepest inner work, to listen to our truths, and then when you hear those truths, there's another grief cycle, another layer of surrender, because sometimes we don't want to hear that. Yeah. And then we have to do something about it, which leads to another cycle. And so it's okay. It's all okay. Wherever you are in that process is perfect and beautiful and divine. Mm. Well, do you have some advice? Because I, I understand completely what you're saying, and I relate to it 100%. But there's going to be some listeners out there that maybe are being still for the first time in years and years and years. And they're not and they're trying to navigate their way through this space of of stillness and deep thought and thinking about who it is that they are and what they want to do next. Do you have some advice for those that are just starting on this reflective journey? Um, in terms of what they yeah. can do 
for the first time. Like they're just like these are newbies Absolutely. just figuring so out. Whether you're new or whether you've been doing this a while, what I would say is you always have to come back to the basics. You have to come back to your, your kind of building block tools that you have in your backpack because mm. even after going through this, I cycle back through. You get re-triggered by a new issue and you need to use your tools again. But for anyone starting out and for those who are finding themselves back there again, so first on my YouTube channel, there is um, a program called Kirsty TV, if you type that into YouTube, and there is a COVID-19 playlist. That would be one of the first things that they could look at. Mm. Now, in there is a ton of different resources and videos, but what, what I'm going to run through is what is in that kit and why are those things important. So one of the videos talks about journaling. Now, journaling is about learning to build a relationship with ourselves and deep self-trust. It's not just about writing. It's about sharing your innermost thoughts. It's about connecting with yourself. It's about getting still. It's about hearing our truth. And when you first start, you might think, I can't write anything. I have nothing to say. You know, there's resistance. So I would just say, set yourself five minutes to begin with, free flow writing. Just sit down and write whatever. It could be a story. It can be about your day. It can be feeling, just get used to journaling. It can be a gratitude list. Um, mm. So journaling, meditating. Meditating is one of the biggest ones that comes up again with resistance. I, I'm a terrible meditator. I talk too much. I hear my inner thoughts. I can't get quiet. I can't get still. You know, the goal really with meditation is not to be able to quiet your mind. You know, I think for most people we find it near impossible. Over time it gets quieter. But in the beginning... The only goal is to sit still with yourself, sit on the mat. So just doing a guided meditation uh, in that YouTube playlist that I just mentioned, there is one in there, um, Insight Timer app, Calm app. There's a lot of apps where you can do guided meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, playing one of your songs, you know, I love um, Michelle's song, Take Me to the Temple. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you can play this song on loop, on repeat, and sit on the floor with your hands on your heart and your eyes closed and you will feel the vibrations of this song moving up through your kundalini. It's amazing. Mm. And it just the words, you know, you talk about um, resting our body and you talk about our heart and you talk about taking us to the temple and, you know, all of these beautiful lyrics that are love notes and whispers to our heart right now reminding us and awakening us and reconnecting us. So I would say sit with one of your songs each day while you journal or while you're in a meditation and just listen. You don't have to get still and quiet. In the beginning, listen, be guided. Um, So meditation, journaling, and in terms of the psyche and and psychologically, Mm -hmm. I think one of the things you have to get is that this process is calling you to the deepest kind of self-trust. And when we want to be busy, when we want to distract, when we want to, you know, now we're home. And then, so some of you may not be taking the chance to be still. Some of you may be deciding that you're going to reorganize every room in your house and declutter the kitchen because you are not capable of doing nothing. You might be deciding that you're going to change outfits 10 times a day and do five loads of warm laundry and cook 50 meals. You know, so notice if you are filling all of the time because you don't want to be still and you don't want to be quiet and you don't want to be by yourself. Mm. So understand that part of this process is developing 
deep trust with yourself and life and the universe. And when you get quiet, it gets scary. When you get quiet at night and you're alone and you're in bed, those moments for people can be the scariest because the thoughts come in and everything's quiet in the world. Um, and that's when you have to trust yourself. But I can feel this. You know, even um, I do a lot of work with trauma victims, with people who've been molested as children or raped, uh, who have suffered from PTSD, and that can be one of the scariest hours of the day, nighttime, going to bed. And so again, no matter what the situation is, it's calling you to be able to trust yourself deeply, that you feel safe in your body, that you can be alone with yourself and your thoughts and your feelings that are coming up around all of this. And the feelings may not be related to COVID-19. COVID-19 and being inside may be triggering the shit out of all the stuff you have to heal from the past. It may be triggering the five-year-old in you that doesn't want to be alone, that doesn't want to be isolated, that is scared. And so this process is about trusting yourself to sit with yourself, to feel what's coming up and allow it to move through you through journaling, through song, through movement, through dance parties, through punching a boxing bag, through screaming at the top of your lungs, um, through jumping jacks, you know, like move your body, breathe and move your body. Yeah. And those would be some of my first suggestions. Yeah. The, and, the, and for everyone who's go back through, you know, again, I'm reusing all these tools right now. So even if you've been on the path, come back to – being still with yourself, come back to writing out your thoughts, come back to listening to music and moving. I just spoke to a friend, a couple of friends this morning who are light workers and they're noticing the kids are getting grumpy, they're getting antsy. Like, yeah, when you stop moving your body all the ways that we used to by being out, like that, all this energy, all this collective fear and anxiety and tension starts storing in your body. So just doing, putting on a song really loud and shaking it off to Taylor Swift or dancing like crazy to take me to the temple and screaming <laughs> it at the top. Like, I swear to God, yesterday you would think I was in an African-American church singing like a preacher. Like, I was just just singing it loud. <laughs> like, there was a full choir with just me. Oh, I love it. <laughs> like, singing it at the top of your lungs, like, just really owning it. But And that song is toning and vibration and it moves through every cell in our body feel, is dancing. If we could take a microscope and, and see what's happening when we sing like that and we move and we dance our bodies, every little cell would be dancing and happy within themselves. So that movement, that vibration moves it up through your entire body like you're a violin string being played on it and your body is the instrument. So... We need to be moving stuff out right now and breathing, dancing, singing, toning, all of that allows us to move energy. You do five minutes of that, I guarantee you, you'll feel better. Wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and just... drumming. If you have a drum, like I love using my shamanic drum, I place it over my heart chakra, you feel it vibrate through your whole body. Oh, yeah, that's such a good feeling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love, I love, I love your drum. And um, these are all really wonderful ideas. Um, and they're pretty, they're really executable. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's 
It's not like out of the yeah, realm of what home. someone could do at home, you know, journaling, Absolutely. standing in place, listening to music, singing, moving their body. I mean, that's all you don't need money to do that. You don't need no, um, I, it's very simple. These are very simple, doable things. You know, here's the thing. I've been working for over a decade with people in the mental health space. And what I will say is that people find it far too easy to pop a pill, to inhale a pie, to have a glass of wine, instead of taking the time to develop their coping skills. Mm. They would much rather avoid and numb and check out on themselves than choose to do the work. The research shows that the number one thing to elevate your mood for people with depression out of a list of over a hundred things that they tested, including electroshock therapy, mm. the number one was 10 minutes of movement. Mm. But I can't tell you how many people I've met suffering from depression who aren't doing any daily movement or exercise. So mm. it, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy and a vicious cycle. You have to have the courage to sit with yourself and choose to develop some new skills, and this takes work. It isn't as easy as popping a pill, but I guarantee you, you'll feel a lot better, and the pill becomes a Band-Aid and an addiction in the long term. Yeah. So none of those things help us to do to get to a place where we feel amazing. So there was uh, I did an online class years ago I created with a therapist and a psychotherapist dealing with shame, and one of the things that she told me is that our emotions are not discerning. So when we numb pain, fear, and discomfort, and all those kind of emotions we feel are heavier, when we numb them, we numb joy, happiness, and all the good ones. Mm. So most people aren't even aware they're doing that, but they're feeling something average and in the middle and going through life at that kind of baseline. If you start choosing to trust yourself and have the courage to feel the uncomfortable ones, you'll have more joy, more happiness. And there is a balance to that. Like happiness is not the goal. The goal is to be able to fully feel and be present to whatever you're feeling every day in every moment. And it shifts sometimes five minutes apart or an hour apart. You can have a heavy, hard morning and a good afternoon, but you have to learn to embrace all of these emotions as just that emotion they're not good or bad you can't label them right or wrong i don't want to feel that or that's a yucky emotion or a hard emotion and this is a good one no they're just they all are they all are emotions that we experience there's a spectrum we're supposed to feel them all that's why they exist and so for me it was coming to being best friends with fear and discomfort and pain and actually being okay with loss and seeing the gift that all of those things have brought to my life when I am able to see it in the rear vision mirror and trusting when I can't see it, when I'm too close to it, when I am in the fire and the pain and the fear and the grief and the loss, I have a frame of reference now. I know that there comes a time where I drive far enough away that I can look back in the rear vision mirror and be grateful. So because I know that I trust the process when I'm in the pain, I know it will pass. I know that I'll get to a place. I know I can shift out of it. I know I'll laugh again. I know I'll find joy again. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I, and I also think that there's a misconception about fear and discomfort where um, in, in, in terms of being able to like move forward with something, like I've had somebody 
say to me, well, how do you, um, like, you know, how do you get on stage if you're afraid to be on stage? And, and, mm. and I'm saying, well, you know, I am afraid, like, you know, like I am scared every single time I go on stage, there's no, you know, <laughs> I, but I choose, it's a choice to be there. It's a choice to feel that fear and to show up anyway. Right. So one of my girlfriends, she, um, she, she's an amazing guru in my life. And she has this statement that says feelings are not facts. Mm -hmm. Feelings are not facts. And that fear is a feeling, but it's not a fact. It's not a truth. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I talk about holding fear's hand and it being my best friend because it was with me every step of the way. I can't tell you a time where I've done something courageous and brave that's led to beautiful things in my life where I wasn't scared shitless. Mm -hmm. You know, when I did, I did a TEDx talk many years ago called You're Only As Sick As Your Secrets where mm -hmm. I shared my secret with the world and I wanted to vomit all day long. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the fear is always there. The fear is with you. It's, as you say, not allowing it to stop you, not letting yeah. it hold you back, and and just being okay with it, holding its hand and saying, you're coming with me, thanks, buddy, and yeah. just seeing it as part of the process, that it's okay. Well, it's like that old saying, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I remember hearing that quote, and I guess it's a book that came out in the 80s or 90s, and it's a very, um, you know, and I remember hearing that in the 90s, you feel the fear and you do it anyway. And that, that yeah. saying always stuck with me because I do have stage fright. I always have. And, um, and I've learned that to feel the fear and do it anyway. Like you, you, you just don't let fear stop you, you know? Well, um, and there's also a, a sort of scientific neurological, you know, the brain science behind this, you know, the reality is that our brain is hardwired from the reptilian times, caveman era for fight or flight. Yeah. We are hardwired when a lion is coming that we're scared, that we're fearful, that we run. Yeah. And what's happened over time is that our brain still reacts. And when you're in that fear state about being on stage, it feels the same in our body as if a lion is chasing us. Yeah. And so it is <laughs> our job, it is our job to understand that and to go, okay, but I rationally know a lion is not chasing me. I know I am not going to die. I am okay. And so to talk with that fear, to rationalize with ourselves, and to go, I trust myself. I know this is something I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to step on this stage. I'm supposed to share this message. I'm supposed to share this truth. And that is more important than the fact I feel a little bit scared to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's a really great. And, and every time you do it, it gives you the frame of reference for the next time. Oh, I did it and I was okay. And it, actually not just okay, it was amazing. And once yeah. I was up there, I loved it. And I got to share some beautiful songs and connect. Yeah. And so it makes us want to do it the next time. Yeah, because it's usually for me, it's always the after. Like I always feel really good after, like when I'm done. Right. When I'm done, I have a really amazing feeling of like, just I accomplished something, I shared something. And then when I get to connect with the audience even more after the fact, like when they come up to me, mm. I love that. So it just keeps that feeling of... I did something of value um, with me 
And so then the payoff right. is so much bigger than the fear, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that keeps me going, you know, again and again and again, you know? Um, Beautiful. So, yeah. So I think that's really good um, advice on fear and all this stuff. Cause I mean, it's an important subject right now because a lot of people really are afraid and they have every right to be. I mean, I mean, it is scary, you know, what's happening and some people have lost all their income. Um, and Mm -hmm. some people are just, you know, I mean, it really is a frightening time to a degree, but at the same time, like humanity is given the opportunity to make a great, a great shift towards something much better and and i think you know we just have to remember that the feelings are not facts when you feel that fear coming into your body oh my god we could all be in lockdown forever oh my god is there a conspiracy (laughs) theory that fear of oh my god i could lose all of my income everything i've said like an hour before that you were feeling completely fine yeah and all of a sudden that fear comes in and it's so consuming and it's blinding and it's as if it has become your whole reality. So you have to be careful of that. You have to witness it and notice it and go, all right, wow, whoa, where did I just go down a complete fear vortex, rabbit hole? <laughs> How do I pull myself back out, put on some take me to the temple, put on some dance music, get myself, you know, yeah. move this fear through me, you know, <laughs> stomp <laughs> on the ground and like move the fear through your body. I'm scared. I'm really scared. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe how scared I am. And just like own it and talk through it and just process it. Go, okay, wow, like that was a real moment. Um, listen to the meditation I have on the on Kirsty TV's YouTube channel, the COVID nineteen playlist. There's a meditation that is kind of like a shamanic vision quest. It takes people through collecting all the energy from the week that they've stored in their body from the stress of corona in particular. And then it takes them through a process of releasing that so that they can go to bed feeling clean and clear and peaceful. Showers, you know, just using water and the intention of it pouring over you and washing away the day, sage smudging, you know, anything where you can set the intention that I'm releasing this, that I'm clearing my field, that I'm moving things through my body, that I'm not going to allow this to stay stuck and stagnant and heavy and because then it becomes cumulative and that's where we end up with depression in the body. So understanding this work is as important as washing your hands 50 times a day, wash your mental state, Mm -hmm. wash your energy. Spiritual hygiene. Yes, absolutely. And it takes work. And it's daily. It's a daily practice. Some people think, oh, I saged a month ago. No, or I Palo Santo a few weeks ago where you're right. supposed to do it every morning. <laughs> I tell you, I did the house yesterday with the full moon and I can feel the difference, you know? So yeah. these things, part of it's the intention behind it too. Yeah, but, and we had a so super it, full it moon. <laughs> it was a super we moon. We did, it was so beautiful. Yeah, but right. I think the people need to really get that this is work and, it, and it, you have the time right now. If you were home do the work on yourself as if it was your full-time job. Yeah, that's true. We're given that gift and it's a powerful gift to be able to have time, time for you, time to self-care, time to reflect, time to, to really get real with what it is that you truly and deeply want, you know? So I think, you know, if we start focusing on 
what gifts we're all gaining from all of this, then, and we focus on that more than what's being taken from us during this time, then I think that we'll be able to really find a way to get through this in a way that's positive and, um, and helpful, you know, for us, Absolutely. for our, for our growth, mental and spiritual growth, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's all perspective. It's all in changing the way that you're thinking when you start to have stinking thinking. Yeah. So stinking thinking. Our thoughts create our reality. <laughs> like give them a, a, a scrub, your thoughts, but our thoughts create our reality. So you can have, you know, if, if right now New York is like Armageddon, who knows what's going to happen to the rest of the world and where things are going to go from here. Yeah. But if you are in Armageddon, you can be sitting in your house like I am feeling completely unafraid, feeling completely excited for what this means for humanity and ready and prepared and doing all of my own work to stay in that mental space. Someone else can be sitting in the same experience, in the same life, the same place that's happening in the external world, but internally they are having panic attacks, they are in fear, they are in stress, they are in scarcity mode, they are stealing toilet paper, they are hoarding, you know? So it really is feelings are not facts and our thoughts create our reality. So you need to decide what reality you want to be living in going forwards and do the work. For that to happen because it doesn't happen by itself and it doesn't happen overnight this has been process that's been, i've been in for years yeah and in it's the, it, in the chrysalis transforming into the butterfly yeah it's a journey it's a journey for sure like and it's a daily journey you know and i think it's important like what you're saying you know you have to do the work you know, some people think yeah. if they and do one or two things, then, oh, mm-hmm. I did this one time or I did that right. one time or you I know, tried it once. I tried oh, it, I tried but they don't it realize it's a it's a journey and it's a daily practice into mm-hmm. um, into healing or becoming who you are, or who you want to be. And there's there's something called compound interest. And, and in, in the finance world, people use that um, to build, you know, their wealth, compound interest. It's a daily right. thing. Well, there's you could take that same theory in compound interest, um, everything in your life, you know, from your your personal life to your relationships, to to um, your spiritual life, to your mental life. Everything that you do every single day adds up. You are who you are well, every and, single day, you know? And and the thing is that this work, it, it does get easier. Oh, and for yeah. me now, a lot of those things have become habits. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't think about, and it's not a chore, it's not an effort. Like I really miss if I don't have time to be still. I really notice when I don't move my body or I don't sing. I intuitively want to put something on and get up and have a little dance. Like my body, I'm so in tune with it now that I hear that and I want to do those things for it yeah no it's true you're right like it becomes like something that you miss doing if you don't do it you know right so yeah i think that's really um this is really good stuff i i think that you're you're giving a lot of value to the listeners right now and and i hope um yeah you're welcome and i hope those that are listening are um are getting some ideas of what they can do during this time and and to realize just to focus on what they can do 
and, and take this opportunity to really self-reflect and to um, mold yourself into the person that you've always wanted to be and always known right. you can be, you know, and um, there are people doing it every day. Um, so Kirstie, I wanted to talk about where I wanted to ask you actually about how, because some people might be doing career changes during this time. And I wanted to talk about how it was for you going in from a very corporate motivational speaking world into transitioning into a healer in the more shamanic space and how you were able to kind of work through the barriers, whether they be mental barriers or physical barriers or actual barriers from going from one space to another and into integrating that into something that's uniquely yours. Right. I think at the end of the day, the biggest block is what's between your two ears. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, true. it's what's we're always, we're always our own worst enemy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and for me, that was a part of the surrendering. You know, I was resisting. I was going, oh, but the corporate's where the money is. The corporate's, they're, they're the ones that have booked me for 10 years on mm. stages and platforms. And so I didn't know, you know, I'd seen other people in the in the kind of medicine woman healer space, massage therapists, naturopaths. They were barely making $100 an hour. Yeah, it's and true. Yeah. I'm making tens of thousands of dollars on stage and in corporate. And so it was you know, difficult. I had I had a, a filter I was seeing the world through and beliefs that I had created around truths that were not truths. Mm. You know, I had decided that I couldn't earn as much money if I did this other healing work. I had decided that no one would book me, that corporates didn't want to talk about this personal growth stuff. They didn't want to look at mental health and numbing and, and sitting with ourselves and listening to the stillness and all of that. And none of that was true. So what happened is, you know, I really got um, punched in the face by source consciousness <laughs> and, <laughs> and awakened in a, in a very brutal way, shaken, to get me to pay attention. And so as I started doing my work, I found myself unable you know, it, it was kind of like, if you resist it long enough, we are going to strip it away from you. So it came in a way that it forced me to stop doing the corporate work and everything felt like it was being stripped away and dissolved and taken away from me, which was really tough at the time. But what I recognize now is that that gave me kind of a two-year window where I got to go into self-isolation where I got to go into quarantine and be by myself and sit with my shit. It gave me a period of time away from the corporate mindset and the psyche of everyone I was dealing with. And the distance gave me an opportunity to connect to just myself and source and a purer, cleaner view of the world and channel, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. so in doing that, I was then able to start to see possibilities that I hadn't thought of before. I got to tune back into flow state, to the divine um, kind of channel of creativity. And so instead of it being about hustling or pushing or creating for the sake of money and drive in the past, now it was about me tapping in and tuning in and listening and hearing what was in my soul, spirit, heart to give and share with the world 
and for it not to be about money, just about what would I do. And when I started to answer that, I realized that I, it didn't matter anymore to me whether there was money or not, that this was what I wanted to do. And what's been interesting is this last month with everything that's happened, I am busier than I have ever been and I am doing the work that I always wanted to do and corporates are booking it because mm. with everything that's going on right now with corona, they're needing mental health more than ever. They're needing to talk about, you know, I've always said you can't go professionally where you won't go personally. Mm. Before, they didn't care about the personal side of their employees that much. Now they have no choice because yes. their employees can't be creative and innovative and productive. They can't even sell if they are in, in insomnia and anxiety and panic attacks and fear. Yeah. So it's interesting that everything I ever wanted to do you know, I was being prepared for. I was in training. And now is the moment where that all gets to come to life. But it took a lot of inner work. It took me listening to myself. It took stripping away the old and giving myself time in the cocoon and the goo. And it to rebirth what I didn't even know I was being rebirthed into. Yeah. And it sounds like it took a lot of faith, too. Because to dive into the unknown, you have to have a tremendous amount of faith that in some ways it's yeah. going to work out, you know? Yeah, you, you have to have faith in, and be able to surrender to yeah. something bigger than you, that you are being directed, That and it's your higher self, it's your higher consciousness, it's your soul. We chose this, and so you have to have a trust that there is a knowing, there is a direction. Now, it looked kind of like what I thought, but kind of not. I'm still doing what I thought, but in a different way. And so trusting that there was a better plan than I thought was also a part of having the faith in that, that I wasn't being nothing, I wasn't being punished, nothing was being taken away that wasn't going to be given to me if I needed it, that I was always safe, that I always had enough, that I was always supported. And everything that I went through was for my highest good. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. Yeah, it's you have such a powerful story and and just, you know, and just everything that you do, you're just of service to mankind, you know? I mean, even for me, my experience with you because I've had a healing session with you before and I have to tell you I've had many many healing sessions for my past trauma. And my session with you, I would have to say, was by far the most powerful session. And um, I highly recommend to anyone out there who really needs some extra attention, maybe some one-on-one -on -one with Kirsty. Um, she really is the most, um, in terms of like um, shamanic type healing and really getting to the meat and bones of what's going on with you. Her work is really the most powerful that I personally have experienced. And I highly recommend her um, for that, you know, for at least the the one-on-one the -on -one stuff. But I know that you have offerings that are, um, you know, like for, through your Kirsty TV and you have other things that you're able to offer other people. But if you ever get lucky enough to have an experience with her or to join a class to do the breath with class or to have a one on one, I tell you, it'll probably be the most powerful work that you've done to date. But I just Aww. wanted to give you a shout out to that. 
and Thank then you. and a recommendation to too. So and right now you're in Australia, right? I am. I'm doing remote sessions um, for people. They're super powerful. Um, I'm yeah. doing in person, depending where I'll be, depending when this gets released and that. But people can reach out to me on Instagram at Kirsty TV, um, on Facebook Kirsty Spragan. Uh, my website has my email address kirstiespragan.com. Uh, yeah. The YouTube channel has a lot of free resources. Um, I have a crisis kit. If people email me, Kirsty at KirstySpragan.com and ask for the crisis kit, we have a ton of free resources that I can send them access to. Mm. Um, and I post daily, day, mostly on Facebook, a lot on Instagram, but mostly Facebook. I post daily about different things to help get people through. So, yeah, stay connected and follow me and um, – I'm trying my best to just keep putting out content that people really need right now and to be in service. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. Um, do you have any last words before we finish up here? I um, I, th I felt like we covered quite a bit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think, you know, just put, put your song on. Like, have I got oh, it here? take me to the temple. Yeah, I'll share that with... Um, take me to the temple. I'll share that with, with the group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, when we end this, I'll, uh, yeah, I actually just remastered the song, which means that it, 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 it's, it's given like a brighter sound, but Even I also, better. well, and I also infused, um, a, a stronger Reiki energy into it as well. Mm -hmm. So it has an even more, um, more powerful healing energy. Um, well, if we put it on it. for too long, it, like only 20 seconds in and I'll be here like, Rise up! Rise up! <laughs> <laughs> <It's strong>. It doesn't take me long and I'll be full like singing it in choir mode. <laughs> so I think that that's my final word. Go and put the song on. Uh, you could Maybe you can put a bit of it at the end of this podcast, but go and play it. Dance in your home. Put your hand on your heart. Sway your body. Oh, yeah. Move, sing, and just take yourself to the temple every single day. Mm. Yes, take yourself to the temple every day. And that's what it means. Your your body is a temple. And that's what, for me, take me to the temple means is that, you know, treat your body like a temple and commune with yourself, you know, as if your body is a temple because it is. And everything that you need is right, that, right there with you. Everything that you need, you know. So that's what the song's supposed to remind you all about. <laughs> Well, and, that, and that's what this time is about. Everything you need is within yourself because there is no without right now. There is no going out. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is within ourselves. So, yeah, take yourself to the temple every day at home and don't see that as a punishment. See that as a beautiful opportunity and a beautiful gift and don't waste it. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for being on this podcast and speaking to the listeners. I really appreciate you and appreciate the time and your effort in being Thank here. You. It means such a, it means a lot. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was fun. All right. Thank you.